And uh, my own experience is being 250 pounds three different times, being suicidal, doing crazy amounts of drugs. All of those things really uh, positioned me in a, such a way that I was committed to experiencing my best experience and willing to do whatever was necessary to do that. Welcome to This Seriously Sucks, the right podcast when life goes seriously wrong. In these interview episodes, people who've been through major traumas and events that derailed their lives talk about times when they didn't want to go on and share how they did. All our guests are at least 10 years past their big this. They keep it real, pull no punches, and share what they wish they had known when they were in the middle of their this. Now, here is your host, the author of This Is Not The End, who knows what it feels like to want it to be the end, Nina Sossaman Pogue. Yes, this is the right podcast when life goes seriously wrong. And I'm so glad you found us. Thank you for sharing some time here. On this podcast, we talk about the lowest moments of highly successful people, the major life events that rock their world, and how they got through them. We can all learn a lot from stories of resilience. And today's guest is Brian Johnson, and he is helping millions of people across the globe thrive through holistic human optimization. He runs a group called High Performance Habits for Entrepreneurs and Business Owners. He's the author of Think Great, Lose Weight, and he talks about body language and conscious language, and he's a nutrition expert. So because he's a lifestyle coach, folks, get ready. We might get some coaching on here. So be ready to learn and listen. And he's joining us out of Austin, Texas. Brian, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, my pleasure. I'm excited, or I'm rather enthusiastic to be here. Enthusiastic. I love it. Well, I like to begin with the success part of our resumes to sort of set the stage for talking about the way we got through darkness to get to that to success, because having survived our own experiences, we have a lot to offer people who may be going through them right now. And you, like many of our listeners, probably were in a place at one point where you couldn't see this bright future. So I'd like to start there and talk about when in your life, at what age did you go through a dark time, how you got through that? Yeah, so as I'm kind of thinking about this, I think the best place to start would be early in life. So first off, I had a great childhood, meaning my parents, my mom, dad, both still alive, just great foundational, good Christian people, not from a religious perspective, but just they're good, solid people with integrity and handshake people, I call them. Nice. Uh, not too many of those people exist. And, you know, in early life, I had a half brother. He's passed now, but he was a very good um, diamond creator in my life and pestered the shit out of me and used to basically pick on me and tickle me to appeal myself. And he was older than I was. So I would go lock myself into the restroom and scream at the top of my lungs because I have no other way to defend myself. My mom was at work. So if it was going to be, it was up to me. So I knew at an early age, I needed to do something. I just didn't know what that something was. And then a little thing uh, came into my experience. So my dad was an avid worker outer, I'd say, early in life. And uh, we had our own gym stuff in the garage. So at seven years young, I started doing the whole working out thing. And it was really to keep my ass secure thing because I was getting picked on. So mm -hmm. the only way I knew was I needed to get bigger. So I was not a target, A, and it would be finally taking care of myself. So that was a full-time job for me. I didn't know that that was a, a big driver behind me being 250 pounds three different times, 
me being suicidal, me almost dying about 12 times. Like there's some definitely some interwoven um, parts within that piece. Uh, but that was the start of it. Um, for me, having some security challenges on a, I wouldn't even say subconscious, on an unconscious level, because I was not conscious of them, right? Right. So, and that's really the biggest thing that I find that when I work with people, it's being able to accurately and authentically get clear on what my identity is, because I've been 250 pounds three different times. (laughs) I say three different times because I didn't change my identity the first two. I had no idea. Wasn't talked about in school. Nobody ever told me about feeling a feeling like, what the hell is that? How am I supposed to do that? What does that even feel like? Guys, my parents and people in that age bracket wouldn't know a feeling if it slapped them in the face most of the time. Yeah, parents just didn't talk about feelings. And uh, especially with boys, boys, you were just supposed to be tough and not feel those, feel anything, I, I guess. I think they knew, personally. I don't really don't think. I personally, from my experience, not even about me thinking, I know most people don't know what they're feeling because they don't. They don't know that when feelings are active, they will show up in certain locations on your vehicle when they're present. This is critical information because the law of attraction is very real. Whether you agree with it or not, doesn't make it stop working. And if you have things going on in your feeling world that aren't optimal, that aren't in peace, ultimately, These feelings are fabricating more circumstances, situations, events, and people into your experience that match how you feel. And I say that because I've created two car wrecks because of how I felt. Um, I've blown out a whole half of my bicep on my left arm, busted it. (laughs) Get this. Uh, because I had stuff I didn't process in my relationship effectively. And then I I was outside my garage banging around in my punching bag by myself and roll up my bicep in my arm. I'm like, well, this is that just exciting. And I knew exactly what it was as soon as I did it. I'm like, yeah. So just know this is not my theory or opinion, my experience. And you get to prove it and test it for yourself. I have found emotions are the number one thing when anything goes south or it comes off of neutrality or off of peace or dis-ease, emotionally is where that starts. Being able to get clear on that and have some tools is a lot of what we'll discuss today in the midst of how in the hell I was able to get out of where I was and alive <laughs> because yeah. it wasn't by mine. I was supposed to be dead by my choice multiple times unconsciously that I was doing. I just didn't know. Yeah, a um, lot to unpack there. And, and, and we're on the same page in so many things. It's really fun to listen to you. So uh, I, I would like to talk about y- younger days. So for instance, we have a lot of young listeners, teenagers, and people going through their own struggles. So let's start there. You obviously worked out so you didn't get bullied. What was going on in your head there? And and share a dark time during your teenage years when you just thought, I, I can't do this. Like, this isn't working for me, whatever this is. Well, you know, it's kind of interesting because I was a model kid, meaning I said everything right did everything right, was in sports, made good grades, had my head on straight, wasn't into doing dumb stuff from what my parents knew. I do remember. Like all of us. Yeah. Yeah. I remember taking acid in seventh grade. So I was doing things earlier than a lot of people. The biggest things that I remember having the biggest battles and challenges with was loving myself, but I didn't know that's the underlying root. And just to be Brian, because I don't know how to be Frank, 
the number one thing that anybody who is interested slash committed to thriving, you have to be or get to be fully conscious and authentic with yourself, whether you do love yourself or not. Because from my experience serving well over 100,000 people directly at this point, I found about 70% of people know they don't love themselves. 2% actually do. And the other whatever remaining differences think they do and they don't. And they're not aware of that. That's the boat that I fell into <laughs> or I put myself into. So when you're in that boat, so you, you dabbled in some drugs and, and earlier you had mentioned when we were off recording that you had done a lot, quite a few different drugs. Uh, yeah. During those times when you were taking drugs, were you taking them to search for something? Were you taking them to escape from something? Uh, were, were you suicidal at that point thinking I just need to escape where I am? Hmm. Maybe some of all the above. I yeah. just like to feel better just because there was things that I had not dealt with within me that I did not know I wasn't dealing with. So to college, when I was 20, I said I'm 43 now, when I was 20, I had a relationship that went south. It fucked me up big time. Like I had zero idea that these feelings were even possible to feel how I felt uh, like I had my whole entire essence and being just ripped out of me where I couldn't sleep couldn't eat, lost 20 pounds in two and a half weeks. And I'm used to eating six meals a day. So that's unheard of for me at that time. Um, it was just a lot of really um, very intense feelings. And that's when I started to get suicidal because when I when I found out that the girl I was dating at the time that I was planning on marrying was cheating or did cheat on me, um, I that was a very, very, very interesting experience. That's when I had guns guns in my hand um thank god i mean i've always been godly meaning a relationship with god is numero uno for me that's shit without that i wouldn't even be here so that's number one regardless of anything else that pops up so for me it's god health family and business and i have it on my arm here god family health and business awesome and i changed it so this was god family health and business was what my acronyms were for a long time and i switched it to god health family and business because I personally believe that you can't give away something you don't own, which means if you don't love yourself, you're not going to be able to love someone else fully because it doesn't work that way. And you yeah. go ahead. Yeah, uh, I, I have to jump in for a moment because you have to read chapter six of my book because I go really have a fun little tangent on tattoos. I'm not I'm tattoo agnostic, but I talk about tattoos you're going to want to change someday. Very so you you will really like it. Uh, also in that chapter, something else you tap into, which really aligns with your thinking I think uh, is about the story of your life and how things happen but it's just one chapter it's not your whole book you know so where are you in the story of your life all the pages ahead are blank you're going to fill them but that's where whatever you're going through is just one chapter it's not your whole story it doesn't have to be the main theme of your story it is just a chapter and you decide how you're going to look at it, how you're going to talk about it, the language you're going to assign to it, all of those things. And I didn't know that I led myself on that experience until 12 years after the fact. So I did make up, though, that when I found this out, here's the interesting part, and this is really the educational piece. I found out when that happened that I made up that, hey, I wasn't worthy and I didn't love myself. Also, that love equals pain. That's not true. Love is love. 
it can equal pain. It was my belief systems, perspectives, and the belief or the meaning that I gave to my experience is what colored the aftermath and all of the other experiences that came up in regards to my initial belief. Because this next story that we'll get into about body language and how with four words out of my mouth, my coach goes, how long have you had a death wish? What? How the hell did you pick that up? I said, I'm not even mad. And I knew he was speaking the truth because it resonated with me instantaneously. So I said, I'm in. Whatever it is you just did, I'm committed to learning how to do that for myself and for other people that I serve because we wasted zero time. And I wasn't even fucking trying to tell him that. It just came out. He picked it up with my word code that fast. Wow. I was like, that guy, I'm dealing with a Yoda in human form from what I'm experiencing. So yeah. I, I would like to back up to the gun part because yeah. I, that um, is... You know, when when we talk about really dark places, there are some people who get to a dark place in their head and think they can't go on, but they don't take action on it. Other people may think about things and actually take action and maybe get a gun or something. Other people just have guns around and may just be more reckless with them. So threw that in there sort of nonchalantly. Tell me a real story about where you were with that and how that could have gone really wrong. Well, so here's interesting. So we're kind of unpacking this. I had another experience service. So when I used to get picked on a lot, I also was searching for guns, not to shoot my brother, but to get myself out of the way because I was just tired of dealing with it. And I actually do remember looking for keys to my dad's gun closet. Thank God they didn't have any. That's a good reminder for me too. Thank God there wasn't, um, I couldn't find them. Thank God, really. That's all I can really say. Like I did my best at least 12 times that I'm aware of. I've done crazy stuff that would kill most people I, for a fact because it has killed some of the people that I know uh, because of it so I know that I just barely escaped the jaws of death I think the reason why I really didn't is just because somehow or another I believe that God was able to grace me with uh, maybe enough common sense even though it's not so common in most people uh, at least enough common sense to know that this was not the end of the world for me Matter of fact, ultimately, and here's the here's the teaching point. Scripture would say, not religion. Our greatest weakness is our greatest strength. And it is every time, I'm not even going to say often, it is every time that we go into the depths of life and the trenches of life and are willing to take a different perspective and wonder and ask, what am I supposed to learn here? Or I like this too. What is my teacher attempting to teach me? I find that when I can take the labels off of people, like partners, business partners, employees, assistant, you know, mom, dad, whatever. When I can take that off and say, what is my teacher attempting to teach me when I'm triggered? It makes a huge difference in allowing me to get myself out of the weeds to analyze what's going on from a completely different perspective. So then I can make smarter, educated decisions that aren't necessarily emotionally involved. I'm just more rationally understanding of what's going on with my emotions so that I can make an intelligent decision that's my highest choice. So you're open-minded to pause, take a deep breath. I love the phrase, I choose to make this fun and easy. It's very important, even though as elementary as it sounds, it works because when you can use, I choose to make this fun and easy, it's the direct opposite of apathy, which means I can't, 
this is too hard. And I'll share a little story with you on the power of the word. Just being able to have a few commands, like I give myself permission to have fun while I'm comfortable being uncomfortable. That's useful. When I feel my butt pucker up and life happens and I say, oh, I choose to make this fun and easy and I give myself permission to be comfortable being uncomfortable, my body says, okay, and I'll relax. When I can have a couple of checkpoints in life that allow me to reel myself back in, no matter what's going on, I believe that in that moment, if you're truly committed to having your best experience, Having your best experience means you're going to have some of your not so best experiences because you wouldn't know it was your best experience unless you had those. So it's important to be able to see the contrast for what it is and understand that's not who you are. Those are just experiences that you have co-created on some level. And if you're willing to take radical responsibility for this, you can at that point in time address your emotions. You can also start to imagine new experiences, which is where really the interesting part comes in because we're not taught anything about imagining in school. We're taught about, let's memorize this, let's think about, let's talk about this war and all this useless shit. But if we were actually taught to imagine and feel our way into our desired state as if it's already done, at some point in time, our subconscious says, okay, and it will start to cultivate the experiences, situations, circumstances, and events that match your feeling, okay? Which is really a big deal because life doesn't give us what we want. Life gives us who we are. And if you don't like where you're at, change who you're being. <laughs> Absolutely. I call it your uh, reverse resume. So you have all this stuff that you're really proud of, like on top of your timeline, and then all the other stuff that you went through in the bottom of your timeline. And every good story has ups and downs and plot twists. Nobody wants a boring story that doesn't have all of those pieces. So you definitely have the highs and the lows. And that is how you create a, a really exciting journey to be on in life. You know, staying on the, the slow car and the slow train doing nothing and never going up or going down is not how you want to live your life. Um, My buddy says, you know, if you find yourself coasting a lot, that usually means you're going downhill. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't thought about that. That's really good. I'm going to use it. So, it. so wait, I, I, I'm not going to let you skip this question. I do want to hear good. about uh, the, the piece with the guns. And did you ever, because I, I think there are people listening who may have access to or be thinking about, and I just, I like to encourage people to think a little deeper, which you have done, but I also want to share what you did in those moments, because I'm certain now looking back, you wish you could have whispered something in your ear or you could have said something to that younger you. So looking back in those moments when it was dark uh, or you had really tough times, how did you get out of them? Man, I choose to know because I did everything in my power to not be here many times. So the only thing that I can say that would be um, logical and practically useful is this. All that shit happened in the first place because I didn't love myself, period, in this situation. And if at every point in time or at any point in time that I were to actually just say, you know what, Brian, I gave myself permission to forgive myself for this, for that, for whatever. And as soon as I said that and put my hand here, my body automatically took a deep breath, which is my spirit saying, okay, we're good. And we're moving. It's immediate data. 
That's why I love body language so much. So just to throw this in there, every itch, every scratch, every stutter, every pain, every discomfort, every dis-ease is translatable, meaning you can actually understand what your higher self is communicating to you via your body and your vehicle. So it does. Whatever's going on in your life does manifest in aches and pains and stuff going on in your head comes out of your body in other places. But when you've been in times when you had stuff going through your head that you were really dark, I mean, did you ever get to a moment where you actually like had a gun in your hand and were thinking about taking your own life? Yes, I've had it at least two times with that one. Other times were not with guns, they were just with drugs and just doing astronomical amounts of them that most people would not <laughs> deal with. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I've had for sure two experiences where I have had guns in my hand and was contemplating whether life would be better not here or here. <laughs> so yeah, I can relate to both of those. And when you were in those moments, how did you get out of them? Was it just a conscious decision? You got to a point and thought, this, this isn't the time? Yes, pretty much. I, um, it wasn't really a conscious thought, maybe just a feeling of maybe there's more that I get to hang around to figure out and give myself a hall pass for a little while and kind of figure it out, so to speak. And that's the only thing I could think of because, um, I know what I was feeling when the, my experience happened for sure. And it was, I was shit. I would have rather been dead than deal with that personally, at least then anyways. Now it's different being in a, a older stage in life. I understand that that's part of life. And as we become older, it's not that we get desensitized. We just get more experience and have more life experiences to understand that there are ups and downs and it's part of it. It's really those downs that if someone is open-minded, uh, you can really take those moments and really transfer those messes into your message, which is important to understand because if I would have killed myself, I would not be doing what I'm doing here. And I would definitely would not be helping you now or anyone else in the past that I've been able to. So it's really my stories, like telling the worst stuff that I've experienced is where people really feel most connected. And just know that if you're being tested, it's because you're here to do something great. And that's the only reason why you would be going through experiences like that, because it's honing you and molding you into the character that you get to be, to be of best service. And that understand too, that it's always about serving others my juice or my fulfillment comes when I'm serving others, when I'm teaching, talking, like if I'm doing stuff all day long, but then when it's time to go online and teach, that's when I feel most alive. So I found too, that every time I've been in my stuff or in my shit, whatever you want to call it, when I have gotten out of it, it's because I went and served someone else to get out of it, to get out of my head and to actually um, add value to someone else's life because I assure you no matter what your experience is someone else has got a worse one there's it's just never ending <laughs> that that's excellent and that is why we do this podcast because I think that a lot of people get in those moments and think this is this is the end that's <laughs> my my book is called I, I think people get in these this is the end moments and it just can't get any worse than this 
And then they realize that that doesn't last. Failure doesn't last. Success doesn't last. It's all just the journey. And I like to say, you don't even know what you don't know yet. Like on the other side of this, there really could be some great stuff that happens. Like stick around. Like, aren't you glad you stuck around for all the cool shit you get to do now? You know, yeah, that's just sure. fun. And then all the bad stuff that comes into your life, you stuck around for that too. But now you're more resilient. You have the ability to manage that. That's part of the, as you get older piece you mentioned, once yeah. you've handled a thing, few things and realize that it's not the end or it's not going to kill you, then you have that sort of, shield of armor you're built up and you can get through the next thing a little bit easier sure, you go. yeah that one didn't kill me this one's not gonna you know and that's honestly like where i'm at now at 43 <clears throat> that's a lot of what i'm able to operate in faith on fully because i have been through i would say the worst stuff for me <clears throat> you know anything else i go through is oh, okay that's not a big deal right so just remember this <clears throat> at any point in time when a breakdown is available so is a breakthrough and it's always darkest before the dawn and the dawn always comes so here's what i mean by that when i started doing a lot of spiritual work and really started diving into who i really am and what i'm really here to do and ultimately to be first that's when i really started to understand that there's a breakthrough and a breakdown available all the time okay the key is, is when you're in the woods, I say to my clients, when I haven't heard from them a day, like, hey, are you in the woods or what? <laughs> yeah, they're in their shit. That's what that means, okay? So when you're able to <clears throat> recognize that you're having a breakdown, always remember your greatest weakness is your greatest strength. And when you can consciously identify that you're in a spot and you can get clear on what emotion is present, this is why body language is important. And I'll share this with you really quick. And for those of you listening to it, if you choose to, at the end of this, I'll give you my uh, text line and you can text me. It's me directly. And I'll actually give you a diagram that shows you your body <clears throat> and it'll show you where feelings show up at. But just for verbal purposes here, sorrow shows up in your throat when it's present. Okay. Fear shows up in your chest. Grief shows up in your solar plexus. And then fear also shows up in your stomach like you're hungry, even though you already ate. Okay, that's an important one. And then you've got anger, which shows up in your back. Okay, so whenever there's an emotion that's active or you're not feeling as if you're an enthusiastic self, what do I feel? How can I tell what I'm feeling accurately? And here's why I stress the word accurately. Often people come to me Brian, I've got a tremendous amount of anger. I'm like, great. Let's talk about it. Well, where's your body tied at? I always have people go back to their body. Not what you're thinking, because that's the story. Your ego is operating in there. Your body's not that way. Okay. So I will always say, what are you feeling in your body? Not what you're thinking. I don't care about the story. That's your business. Let's get clear on what emotions active. Okay, so when you have your little thing going on and you're in the woods or you're in the trenches or you're about to have a breakdown, I give myself permission to feel my feelings and it's okay. This is huge. As human beings, we're hardwired to avoid pain, often at the complete negligence and complete not even paying attention to the idea that if I were to face my pain, deal with it for a moment and step into pleasure, well, that's available. And so is living in fear for the rest of your life. 
or grief or unconsciousness or unforgiveness, resentment, and all that stuff's going to cost you too. Um, it's going to cost, and it's costing you if you're in, if you're operating in those vibes, you're not escape from them. They're impacting your physiology, which is a big deal. So as you are with state two, give yourself permission to feel your feelings. Like here's exactly what I would say. I give myself, and I even, you know, if you, for those of you that you're not, you're listening to this, I'm going to paint a picture for you so you understand what I'm doing. If you've ever seen Mike Myers and Austin Powers or Goldmember, you ever seen Goldmember? Yeah, yeah. This is what I feel like when I do is like, when he says, Walter Matthau. <laughs> it's kind of what I feel, okay? So when I'm, when I'm talking to myself, and you may hear me ad address and adjust something while we're talking, just me coaching myself, if it comes out like, what's that weird motherfucker doing? I'm talking to myself and I'm shifting things along the way. This is what we call conscious language or me catching myself in something that's not optimal and changing it, okay? <clears throat> so when I'm doing this, I give myself permission to feel my feelings. This is critical because if you can start to consciously engage this statement and feel your feelings, you will be able to move through your feelings way faster. It is not dealing with them that leaves this stuff going on for years that impacts all of our being and then brings in other people to magnify all this stuff that we haven't dealt with in us, in someone else to deal with because we haven't dealt with it in us. So I encourage you lovingly, give yourself permission to feel your feelings and let it be okay. So I would say, while my face is looking straight ahead, I will take my eyeballs and I will look down at my left shoulder. Like I'm looking, let's say you're looking at your heart. Okay. So I will say, I give myself permission to feel my feelings and it's okay. And while I'm down here with my eyes, I'm in my body. I cannot be elsewhere because think about this. If you use this phrase or just use it now. And while you do it, look up one time and say, I give myself permission to feel my feelings and it's okay. And I'm here up from the neck up. I'm not anywhere from the neck down. And that's where you need to be to move your experience forward in a positive direction consciously. So as I get down in here and my eyes are off to the left, I give myself permission to feel my feelings and it's okay. And or I choose to make this fun and easy. I give myself permission to be comfortable being uncomfortable. These are commands that you can use in the depths of your darkest night of the soul to literally have a hurdle jumper is what I call it. You have a tool, a simple attitude adjustment through conscious language to shift how you're feeling. If you can get off of that feeling and you can just shift to a little bit of a better one, well, now we've got some leverage and then we can shift to a little bit of a better one. But you have to be able to be fully authentic and honor what you feel now. Get this, the caveat is with love. What? Yeah, check this out. If you see me sniffing this bottle over here, it's not crack, it's rose oil, okay? I was wondering a little bit there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what so think about remember this oils are huge okay essential oils are absolutely profoundly potent and my coach always says feel your feelings like you're smelling a rose i'm like have you ever thought about that take your worst experiences and get them in there and smell your feeling and your experience like you're smelling a rose and what i have experienced when you can nail it you will love your experience just like it is and literally dissolve any attachments 
or any bonding things going on that's keeping you bound to that experience, you can, with love, you can transmute it. That's the only way it will leave. You cannot stop thinking about something or let it go and it to be resolved. An energy can neither be created nor destroyed, only transferred or transformed or transmuted, which means change the state. So that being said, an energy is also an emotion, a thought. Okay, so when I have a feeling going on in my body, remember, that's the weakness. Once I can identify where it shows up, let's just say that we're dealing with fear right now, where it shows up would be in my chest or my stomach, like I'm hungry, but I already ate. So what I would say is if it's fear, I give myself permission to feel my fear and it's okay. And I choose to make this fun and easy. Now, once I do that and I can be fully in my body, often you will feel the charge release immediately. Then the next part would be uh, the simple phrase is I choose to love my fear into my courage and my faith. And I'll give you the breakdown so you understand the framework. Framework is our greatest weakness, fear, when love turns into our greatest strength, which is our courage and our faith, our trust, our assuredness, our security. Any of those will work. Okay. Here's the important, it's all important and it's sequentially important, which is important because the syntax or the order is critical to make sure that you encompass whatever experience, emotion, or situation you're dealing with. And then we navigate it into the positive aspect of it. Okay. So since we're talking about fear, when someone's feeling their feelings, they will be tight in their chest. If they're not tight in their chest and they're not tight in their stomach, then guess what? They ain't feeling their feelings. So that's where the whole, I give myself permission to feel my feelings and it's okay. Most people are not in their body feeling their feelings. So sometimes you may need to use the whole, I give myself permission statement three, four, five times. Be patient, feel it with no feeling, no healing. So you have to feel it. You don't have to, you can avoid it and continue getting what you got or you can turn the cheek face it, love it, let it be okay. Understand it's only gonna, it's not even where to hurt. You might experience pain. It's not physical pain. It's just emotional illusion. So being able to use the phrase, and here's a phrase here. This is another scripture. Perfect love casteth out fear, not religion. So that's the phrase. Our greatest weakness is our greatest strength. Fear when love turns into courage, faith, security, assuredness, any of those. Here's the application with the law. Perfect love casts out fear. So I choose to love my fear into my courage and my faith, my security, my self-assuredness, any of that. Now, the beauty of this is, is once you put that command together, provided that's the one that your body is giving you the feedback on, it goes away instantaneously, which means when you check back in, provided you've got the right location and the right emotion, and the proper wording, and you felt it, it'll go away. Look, you know, I've seen issues people have had for 30 or 40 years. Brian, I've gone to therapy for 30 years doing this shit. What are you talking about? Right? I'm like, look, I totally validate what you're talking about. All I'm inviting you to consider is maybe, just maybe, your body is telling you something that you're currently unaware of, that even though you've been doing therapy for 30 years, doesn't mean you fucking solve your problem because it's still going on, okay? 
I'm not here to talk about your problem. I'm here to solve it. And what right. I'm going to do is show you what your body is telling you so you can make an educated decision on whether you choose to participate or not. Body language doesn't lie. And if it's tight, it's telling you there's something that's still active on whatever experiences that was brought to mind that your body says, hey, I still have some things going on about this. Okay. So with those simple foundational tools, which should be taught all through our life, body language is the most fascinating stuff I've ever, I've ever experienced in my life. Words are only 7% <laughs> of our communication. Tonality, which is upswings, downswings, inflections, all that stuff is 38%, which is a lot. 55% is body language, meaning itches and scratches and things that are going on underneath our awareness. Yeah, let's go there. I think it's fascinating. And I think that your language around body language is really helpful for people who may be listening, thinking, you know, some of this makes sense to me and they're still right. unpacking it. So give us a story. How did you, how did you stumble upon this body language thing? Go back to the coach, I guess. Yeah. So just, just give me 1% of your trust for those of you listening and I'll earn the other 99 and of course do your homework. But here's what I have found in my humble experience of 37 years and a couple hundred thousand thousand hours of being a nerd and working with a lot of people. I personally have not found something that works faster than body language and language period. The skill set I use the most, like 99.99999% of the time, is language and body language. Because even though if I don't see someone, their body is giving off code by language, by tonalities, by stutter patterns. And the reason why it's useful is because when I'm around people, their higher self knows, hey, this guy can get a message through. So my first body language experience, it's probably been about six or seven years ago by far a turning point in my experience and it's very emotional at the same time i may cry if i do it's going to be all right i cry a lot and that happens all the fucking time that's okay i'm gonna cry for a second and i choose to make this fun and easy and i choose to love how i feel which is important because for a long time i was most people are super embarrassed about crying in public right oh i have an ugly cry but now i'm now i'll just ugly cry anywhere you know whatever it is a daily for me almost now. When something happens, I'm like, well, here we go. I just, there's no, I have zero filters for it. No hiding from it. And that was a massive thing for me. And one of my biggest fears was crying in public. And then when I was with my coach, separate experience, I was running cameras, helping out. Somehow I end up in the hot seat. Somehow my brother's death rolls up. Two years past, I thought I dealt with all this. My coach asked me something, and I am not even joking to you. I cried like a baby, like a baby for a good 20, like hard cry in front of about 30 or 40 people. And there was just no stopping it. So I just did. And I was amazed because I thought I had dealt with it. So we're sitting in class. We're in a circle. My coach was talking to a lady sitting next to me on my left. We're all listening. While they're talking, <clears throat> my arm is on the back of her chair. And I'm listening. And while I'm listening, I'm scratching. My left arm, I'm scratching profusely. Like I literally had whelps on it. That's how hard I was scratching it. I had zero, zero idea of what it meant or what was about to happen. I just knew I'm going to go ahead and gather up my courage. And I'm going to figure out what's up. Because I know this is not normal with the 
minuscule amount of information I do understand about body language, that's not normal. That just doesn't happen when I'm cruising down the road. So I know something was trying to get my attention. So I walk over to my coach on the recess. Hey, Bob, what does such and such and such such mean? Four words out of my mouth. Brian, how long have you had a death wish? First off, how the hell did you get that out of that? <laughs> I'm not even mad. I'm just interested in committed to knowing why, what, and how, so I can learn for myself. So what happened was, and this is why the language is such a big deal, because with understanding language, you can literally get to the root of something in seconds. I'm not even kidding to you. Here's what I mean by that. First off, here's your, this is an understanding that's monumental for you to be aware of. To consciously align with provided you agree with it and if you don't agree with it you need to do some research and get yourself in alignment with it because it's still happening okay so here's what i say <clears throat> our subconscious is 100 literal meaning it doesn't take jokes someone says oh i'm a jackass cancel i'm a genius your subconscious doesn't take jokes number one but it also takes every word literal here's what i mean <clears throat> Scratching my arm. My coach asked me, how long have you had a death wish? Before I said that, I said, well, I don't want to be scratching my arm. Ordinarily, that would be, I don't want to be scratching my arm. Here's the next level layer of understanding. I don't want to be on planet Earth is what was really going on. <laughs> I just didn't know. But when he asked me how long have you had a death wish, I knew spiritually intuitively he was speaking the truth immediately so he says don't say anything sit your ass in the hot seat <laughs> for the next 20 minutes and he basically coached me back into my experience from my near-death experience of almost killing myself from when my former partner and i had an experience that i co-created at some level and i went back and forgave all that forgave myself recommitted to loving myself again and this is where it gets really fascinating <clears throat> on the way home 15 minute car ride home i had two people call me both of them brian i was just thinking about you just to let you know i love you and i've been praying for you okay that's awesome thank you so much hung up coincidence i'm driving down the road 15 minutes to my house I get another phone call. <clears throat> Brian, hey, I've been thinking about you. Just let you know I love you. How are you doing? What's going on? Now, here's where it gets even more interesting. Both of those people, I had not talked to either one of them in 10 and 15 years. Okay. Something's up. From that moment forward, I've had a very different experience of being very aware of what's up yeah <laughs> of operating on levels that people don't see people aren't aware of because people are unconscious i don't even i don't even like saying this out loud so i got to be very mindful of how i do say this but there's some pretty stupid people out there <laughs> you don't have to hold back on with me yeah common sense that. is not common no and i have to say a lot of it's been all of it's been orchestrated that way by things we can talk about other time but just know it's not set up in our favor and here's the next layer of that 
language is, in my opinion, the number one way that it has been set up to not be in our favor. Because think about this. If you could program someone with terrible language, they're going to do their own demise. You have to do nothing. And if they don't know that, they don't know that. Yeah, they, <laughs> don't, know excuse- what they, they don't know what they don't know. And yep. you're, in, and it, you're now in control. And it doesn't excuse them from being off the hook of what they're creating by free will. So check this out. This was interesting. And I had been in the language game for a good four years before I heard this. I'm like, I had never seen this. Maybe coincidence. We'll see. So we have this thing called weekdays and weekends. All the time. Nothing outside of that. So progressively, if we have weekdays and weekends, at some point in time, it might get weekend. Maybe. Coincidence? Maybe not. Let's see. Well, we have this thing called a job, which is a Hebrew word for persecution. We also have this thing about going to work and earning a living. What's kept in an urn? Ashes. Death. Coincidence? Maybe. Let's see. We also have this thing called being awake. If someone's awake, what's kept at awake or what's at awake? A funeral. Okay. So as you kind of start to depict and understand the language piece, our subconscious is 100% literal. Awake or conscious is also a funeral. Earn is also ashes for a dead person. Could this be coincidental? You have to do your own research. I have found that nothing is a coincidence. Everything under heaven has a purpose. And we're not omitted by not understanding any of it. So in my personal opinion, one of my favorite quotes is outside of my favorite one, which is, if you don't make time for your wellness, you will make time for your illness. You've heard of that one. Next one is this. In my experience and opinion, Body language and language are the fastest ways to upgrade or downgrade your experience. And I'm going to give you a couple of upgrades right now. Number one, wanting is agreeing with not having. Scripture would say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Coincidence? Maybe. Let's see. So if I say I want, I literally feel my chest kind of go tighten off. Like kind of like computer shoulders versus shoulders back, which is instantaneous feedback to let me know that my body's like, that's not empowering. Because if we agree that we're creating his image, could we want? No, impossible, right? Only through words can we free will ourselves into that experience. So when I can take the word want out and shift into choose, that alone will transform your experience, guaranteed. Because now you're no longer actively and willingly entering a state of lack, feelings included. Instead, I choose, here, I'll just share this with you. So when I say I want, and I say I choose, I want, I choose, I want, I choose, I want, I choose. Do you hear the difference? I want out, I choose down in my chest. That's a very quick tonality understanding of whether you have an empowering command 
or disempowering command. Either one's going to work for you or one you're going to work for and never get your outcome. Because there's another want on the other side of it. Yeah. That's correct. Yeah. And there always will be. So being able to use a language piece is absolutely the fastest way to upgrade your experience. And not, and I'll share this with you. I got to share this with you because it's important. Every time I have new clients come aboard that we're in conversation to see if it's a good fit. I say to them, hey, such and such, are you open-minded? Yes, because I tell them, look, most expensive thing you could ever own is a closed mind. Number two, I say, is your partner or your husband or your wife open-minded? And they say, hmm, I'll say, all right. This is why this is important. The reason why what I do works effectively and very quickly is because it's not my theory or opinion. I am personally aligning with universal laws and they work. And here's what you need to understand. As you start doing your work and you're upgrading yourself many times, to the 70 percentile, many times your partner is not open-minded to doing that work with you, which means one of two things. You're either A, going to huddle up and get on the same page, or B, you're going to split up because there's going to be a point in time when your growth is going to far supersede that of your partner, and you're going to have a dissonance, or now you're going to repel each other because energetically you're no longer a good match. Look, this happens over 70% of the time. That is a possibility. And also, too, it's more about an understanding of, are you truly committed to experiencing your best life? Because if you're willing to leave the one that's not, then you can be worthy of having the one that's available for you. If you are not, well, you already know the routine. Yeah, and it's not the easy path. The easy path is to stay and just do what you're doing. The hard path is to do the work and make a change. So yes. uh, you said so much in there I want to unpack. I, one of the things you said about the, like over the computer, or the sitting up straight piece. I, I remember early on in my career, I read somewhere about like the superhero pose before you go out, walk on stage and sure. stuff. Amy Caddy. Yeah. Oh, and I, yeah, and I would tell my, uh, and even in my, I have a daughter who's in college and I told her that when she, you know, was young and then she went off to school and she'd have to give big presentations like her junior and senior year of college. And she'd send a picture to me of her, like she'd get a friend to take it, do my superhero pose before I step in and crush this, you know? Mark. So yeah, it, 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 there is something, I mean, the physiology of it is actually very real. She's very confident. And uh, I love that I could, so if you're a, a young woman listening or, if, or anybody for that matter, but I think for young women, that superhero pose is quite a thing. And that's and a very, very basic uh, example of what body language can do. Yeah. And that's a great example. So I'll share with you what I do, because look, if you're in one of these spots right now that we're talking about, the best advice I can give you is you need some tools and you need some support and you need some guidance because having someone who's been through the weeds that can help you say, hey, say this, not that, check in, see if this is active. Okay, let's do this. Is it still there? No. Great. Now we're shifting it. Okay. So every 15 minutes when my little person goes off, I will straighten myself up. Often, I will automatically raise my hands over my head because I've conditioned it so much. So I do it in public. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, oh, yes. I just remembered my thing. Like, out of the middle of nowhere, I'm like, well, I guess it's working, right? Uh, everybody so else smiles. Is, you gave everybody a smile then. Yeah. Look so at that guy. The whole idea is this. What I would encourage you to do, and this is a good action step for you, is get your phone out and start writing out a list. You can, this is a lifelong thing, not just one and done. 
get a list and create your best self attributes, your personalities, your characteristics, the things you like. Hell, look at the people that you love in life and subtract or collect the data of the attributes that they represent that you like. What you're going to do is you're going to start trying this new version of yourself on. I do it every 15 minutes. So every 15 minutes, I change my state, make sure I get into my Brian the Blessed Billionaire person or whoever I am that I am, whatever your persona is, I'll put it on like an outfit, everything, my thoughts, my feelings, what I'm saying, who would I be? And I will create the feeling. That's it. All you have to get clear on is the feeling. And if you frequent that feeling hourly, if you're not doing it at all, just start doing it hourly. If you're really up for a challenge like we're doing here, I like every 15 minutes. So that way I can change and I can not so much change. What I love about what I get to help people do is simple one degree shifts. Yeah. They're no brainers. You're not looking for a transformation. You're looking for simple one degree shifts consistently that will drastically shift the trajectory of your experience by changing who you're being on a foundational level that's sustainable and consistent. Yeah, 15, every 15 minutes is a, quite the challenge. I have one I do just every night when my head hits the pillow. And, and I started it years ago when I was in a bad spot. And if anyone ever saw me, they think I was crazy. But when I end my day and I finally lay down, you know that feeling, like I, I go hard all day long. So by the time I actually go to bed, I'm, I'm done. But I always, my head hits the pillow, I break into a huge smile. Like I smile like this giant smile great. because it puts good chemicals in my brain and I'm like made it through another day or, or grateful it's a little bit of gratitude a little bit of holy crap made it through another one and then a, a little bit of dopamine in my brain from a smile but it's just this little trigger and then I go to sleep with this better feeling than I had you know even if it had been a hard day uh so there's all sorts of physiological triggers we could do and body language triggers we can do to to remind our brains that we're just beings on a planet and it's not like the end of the world if we have a shitty day really to understand that. yeah this is good i'm gonna i'm gonna use some of this personally myself because it's just uh it's it's fascinating and it's an area i haven't uh delved into too much so i really appreciate it it just for me i'm all about creating miracles as fast as possible and body language and language are the ones I found to do that consistently. Uh, such good Ever. stuff. It's such good stuff. I, I always wrap up the show with the same three questions. So the first one is if you could go back in time and you could whisper in your younger self's ear, uh, what would you tell your younger self now? What would you, what advice would you give your younger self? Love yourself. Give yourself permission to forgive yourself. Trust your journey. Be patient, whatever that means. <laughs> uh, and embrace growth. There's a lot of times people have an issue with growth. Life's going, whether you're involved in it or not, <laughs> it's still going. So if you can make a commitment now and a conscious decision that you're committed to growing, I think that you'll always be in a, in a good space. Second question, one thing you know now that you wish you knew then? See, my mom is a, is a prime example of a um, nurturing figure in my life for the big A as an attitude your attitude is, in my opinion, is the number one catalyst or crutch 
to your experience. So making sure that your attitude is open-minded, making sure that you're generally set on being happy when you get up, that you are making a conscious choice to be in a good mood. Setting intentions, man, that's a big deal. I would even say setting, I like segmented intentions. Segmented intentions would be something like this. And I wish I would have done this earlier in life too, because when you can set a segment, and this is from Esther Hicks, the book called uh, Ask and It Is Given Phenomenal Information. Segmented intention is will be something like this. Every time you change your task or your segment, tweak or manipulate your intention. Example, let's say, for example, that I go to bed at night. My intention would be I choose to sleep in peace. I choose to wake up refreshed, rejuvenated at four o'clock when it's time for me to get up and to be enthusiastic about my day. That's an intention. Now, the beauty of that intention is every one of those is a feeling, not a thing. When I can address the feeling I'm choosing to experience, that will automatically put me in a certain file or experience of other experiences like people, circumstances, situations, and events that are going to match the feelings that I'm choosing to cultivate or experience. So if you can set your intentions based on what you're choosing to feel and experience, I think that you'll find a much more um, lucrative and a positive way experience because when you're talking about your feelings, you're talking about and to the 93% of you, not the 7%, which is your conscious mind. So starting to think in the world of feelings, like my intention is, or my outcome is, I choose to feel blah, blah, blah. I choose to feel satisfied, fulfilled, and spectacular before I go to sleep. Those are examples. And if you can consistently just make those small little tweaks and put your conscious intention, and I would even say speak it. When you speak it, different things happen. Also, so you can hear it yourself. Faith cometh by hearing. And then third question, you sort of talked about this already, but I like to wrap it up with this question. One thing that our listeners can do today, say they're in a tough spot because a lot of our listeners are, one thing our listeners can do today to help them get through their own big this, whatever dark moment that they're going through. First one is breathe. And I'm going to walk you through more than one step. I'm going to give you a few steps and I'm going to keep them as basic and as simple as possible so you can really execute them. I would even encourage you, I do encourage you to take your phone out and jot some notes down so you actually have some executable items because these will work if you work them. Number one, I give myself permission to forgive myself. Number two, I give myself permission to love myself again here and now. Three, I choose to make this fun and easy. Four, actually, you can take this four and move it to one. This is a great checkpoint. So check in with your breathing. Are you breathing from your chest or from your stomach? If you're breathing from your chest, that's fight or flight or freeze. Okay, just not great. If you're breathing from your chest, you're in fight or flight or freeze or fear, okay? The important part of knowing that is you can actually change it. But if you don't know it, you're not changing shit. <laughs> so I choose to make this fun and easy is the code that I would suggest to use to get your breathing down into your stomach. Go back and say, I give myself permission to feel my feelings. 
and it's okay. Okay is huge. That's the part that's like, oh, my butt relaxed. Finally, but <laughs> I, give, I, I surrender and it's okay. I give myself permission to feel my feelings and it's okay. And interesting, I just took a deep breath. So there's the next part of that. So when you do these little commands, pay attention to everything. When I literally was just saying that code out loud for you, I took a deep breath and it wasn't something I was conscious of doing. It's like, God will take a mouthful of air and just shove it down my face. My stomach goes, <laughs> I'm like, I didn't do that. <laughs> that fucking wasn't me. I wasn't thinking about that. But what happens is, is that spirit breathing you, that's gold. Now you know you're back in the game. You just gotta make a choice to get back in the game and to love yourself enough to stay in the game. That's and what I that say. is perfect to end on. That is exactly what we're trying to, to share here so is that it's me. not over. It's, yeah. it's all part of the journey. We're all in this journey and it's just part of the journey. Keep yeah, going. You get to understand that God's plan is much greater than ours and there, he has ways we know not of. Ooh, I'm going to cry. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for sharing this time with us. And I'm sure there's some things that you said that really resonated with our listeners today. So how can they follow you, support you, learn more about what you're working on? Yeah, I would say the best way, and this way I for sure will get connected with you. And then I can direct you on what would be best to serve you. Like, okay, I'll put you in this group or go to this community or whatever. We'll figure that part out, right? Uh, just text message me on my text line. It comes to me directly after the second one, like directly. So you and I will be communicating like we're doing right now. So just use this number. It's 512-648-5440. And just say, hey, I heard you on Nina's podcast. And what I will do that will help you out, I, I choose to give you something that will give you some ammunition for life. Because uh, life's going to show up whether you do or not. So get your ass in the game. Text message me. And what I'll do is I'll give you a, a image that shows the body like from the waist up the head. And I'll show you where it shows up, where anger shows up. So you have something you can visibly look at. Because here's the deal. Where you're at right now, if you're committed to thriving, you need to be able to implement immediately. When you're not feeling amazing, you have to have a go-to. Like, what's your go-to? This is your go-to. This is going to tell you, okay, my body is telling me I feel fear. I feel sorry. Not what your head's telling you, what your grandma's telling you, what your body is telling you. You're going to look at this little thing and say, oh, my chest is tight. What is that? That's fear. Now you know what to do. You at least have a direction and you have something identified that you can take responsibility for and shift how fast is really up to you. Excellent. Well, I will make sure to include your contact information and some links in that number that you shared below. And again, thank you so much, Brian, for being here. Thanks to everyone for listening. It is when we talk about the tough stuff that we all get stronger. So whatever you're going through, you've got this. The you just 10 years going. from now, just keep going. The you 10 <laughs> years from now, you 10 years from now needs you. The you 10 years from now is counting on you to get through this. This has been another episode of This Seriously Sucks. Opinions expressed in this podcast are those of Nina Sossaman Pogue and her guests. They are not a substitute for professional advice. 
If you are experiencing suicidal thoughts, call 1-800-273-TALK or send a text to www.crisistextline.org. For more resources or to share your story or to get a free copy of my book, go to mythis.club. There's a whole club of folks out there who want to help you get through this.